Yay, yay. What's up? It's your brother, your cousin, your uncle, your nephew, your friend, but it can't be your son. It's your kinfolk, William Jewel. Well, and I ain't taking no L's because this is articulating. This is articulating. Rap, 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 rap. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? I hope y'all having a great weekend. I am. Right, me and the missus just celebrated the six-year anniversary. We had a good time, right? You know, we we got a hotel downtown Dallas, a staycation, right? We went out, had some some good eats, some good drinks, listened to some live music, and really just enjoyed each other's company. And I and I got in that romantic bag, right? I got in that bag, I, I had the rose petals, red rose petals covering the floor, going towards the bed of the hotel room. Then as soon as you get to the bed, you see a heart in pink rose petals, right? A heart shape. Then you go to the right, you got the desk, you got the TV, the countertop, and then it's a bottle of bubbly. It's a bottle of champagne with chocolate covered strawberries right or strawberries dipped in chocolate whatever you want to call it whatever you want to say i feel like i i really did my thing as a man i really did my thing as a romantic and i shared it in the group chat with some of my guys and i feel like i inspired them a little bit too because we got to show our ladies that love we got to show our ladies that romance and the reciprocation was there the reaction, the affirmation that I wanted from my lady was there. So happy anniversary to Courtney, Will. I love us, and we're going to keep it going, right? Because when you got somebody with you that you know got your back, when you got somebody with you know that's going to support you through the thick and thin, it makes life easier. It makes the journey a lot more bearable. It makes the pressure, it makes the stress more easier to handle and to maneuver around and get through it. So I just thank you for being by my side these last 12 years, married six years, and just being somebody that makes me better, you know, because we need to be with somebody that we can elevate with. We need to be with somebody we on the same level as. So love you, baby. But man, music was good. Music was great this week. Uh, I feel like I got a little bit of everything. I feel like I listened to a little bit of everything and I was pleased. Especially when it comes to hip-hop. right? Especially when it comes to hip-hop, there were some R&B tracks. But this is articulating rap. So I want to keep it hip-hop and I want to talk about what was released and the last podcast was on Wednesday. As soon as I got off the podcast, I went to social media and I saw that J. Cole released a new track, right? He released the vlog, uh, a video of him, uh, and then he released a track called Might Delete Later. So he's gearing up for a new album, right? He's gearing up for the fall off. And Might Delete Later, man, that, that was definitely a good song, a good beat. The energy was there, and J. Cole just tells us and shows us why he's top tier, why he's an elite rapper, while right now he is the best in the game. Although I'm a Kendrick fan and have my TDE bias, 
when it comes to undeniable talent, when it comes to undeniable work ethic, I believe J. Cole is right there, right? And not to say that Kenny doesn't work and not to say that he's not doing the same thing on the same level or that he can't do it. Just saying J. Cole hasn't relaxed. He hasn't taken time off like Kendrick has. And in my opinion, it's given him the advantage. It's given him uh, the lead in the race, right? So I believe Drake is there. I believe Kendrick is there. And the fourth spot, which a lot of people don't talk about, I believe Future is there as well. Uh, I did talk about Future on the last podcast about him and the beef with Russell Wilson, but musically and what Future does in rap, like, I believe he's there, right? I believe he's in that four. So to me, it's really four kings. It's it's not the Holy Trinity no more. I feel like we got to acknowledge and we got to recognize Future as being on that level. And I know a lot of lyrical, miracle, backpack lover type of guys won't say that. But if you look at the grand scheme and the overall picture of things, Future has had his hand on rap for the last 15 years, right? Future has had his blueprint. He's had his sound in rap for the last 15 years, pretty much. The same amount of time Kendrick's been out. The same amount of time Drake has been out. The same amount of time J. Cole has been out. Future's been out. And we can hear some of these young rappers trying to be like Future. We can hear it in their melodies. We can hear it in their auto-tunes. We can hear it in the way they want to be toxic. We can hear it in the substance. We can hear it in the way they try to act so nonchalant. And we can see it. And I believe he deserves the credit. But this might delete later. It got me interested. It got me excited to see what J. Cole is going to do this time. Because, like I said... Most of the greats are risk takers. And I believe J. Cole is a risk taker. And J. Cole never drops the same type of album. So the fall off is going to be a different type of album than we've heard before. Right. And if what we seen and what we've listened to and what he just released, if this has any ideas, this is any picture on what we can expect for the fall off, I believe the energy is going to be strong. I believe the vibrations are going to be high. I believe he's going to drop a headbanger. He's going to drop something that, you know, is really going to elevate him even more. That's really going to get people talking like he is probably the greatest. He he, he has he has surpassed his his colleagues. He he has surpassed the other guys that are top tier in this craft. And, you know, it's just the consistency. And we can't deny the consistency. The consistency never lies. You know, the facts never lie. The work ethic doesn't lie, right? The, the passion, it doesn't lie. It speaks for itself. Every time you hear a song, every time you listen and cut on any music, you can tell J. Cole is passionate about what he's rapping about. You can tell that he really has something to prove. And I believe the others like Drake don't have much to prove. He's a big star. He's already accomplished a lot. He's damn near a billionaire. He's put a lot of people on. He's made baby. He's made Wayne money. He's touched 
a lot of things and turned them into gold and Kendrick, the award winner, Pulitzer, Grammys, right? He's achieved so many things in a short period of time and that's why he took that break. That's why he's been relaxing because what else is there for him to really accomplish? So he needed to give himself time to dig deep and find the motivation to release the type of album that Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers was. And I believe that took a lot out of him. That took a lot of uh, energy. That took a lot of uh, getting getting a lot of things off his chest. Anxiety, right? Not knowing if he should say these things. Not knowing if he should expose or reveal these things about himself. But J. Cole, he seems to stand alone in this rap game. And I cannot deny his consistency. Although... When I look at the parallels between him as an artist and him as a CEO or president of a record label like Dreamville, I do see some differences. I don't see the parallels, right? Because I feel like the Dreamville artists have been getting a bad rap. I feel like the Dreamville artists haven't been getting recognized like they should be. I feel like the Dreamville artist has been overlooked and I'm going to come on here and said every time that this conversation is relevant, Ari Lennox, J.I.D., Boss, Cos, and then we talk about Earth Gang, right? We talk about Earth Gang since the 80s, Dreamville. They pretty much got dropped by Interscope. And if they didn't get dropped, the, the feeling was mutual, right? They did Mirrorland. They did Ghetto Gods. And I did like Ghetto Gods. I did like Mirrorland. But in totality, I feel like it wasn't enough to really put them in that next stratosphere. I feel like it wasn't enough to really take them to that next level. I feel like it wasn't enough to turn them up a notch. And J. Cole was over that. He was looking at that. He was supervising that. And whether he actually did it or not, the fact that Dreamville's name is there, he deserves some type of blame. He deserves some type of culpability. So when we talk about J. Cole, I wouldn't say he's failed as a president of a record label, but I would say that he hasn't succeeded with the talent and the potential that he should have. And right, speaking of Earth Gang, they dropped Robophobia, right? And we know Earth Gang, they like to play on the outcast comparisons, right? Doc, he likes to play on the big boy. Johnny Venus, he likes to play on the Andre 3000 comparisons. And I feel like they fall in love with those comparisons so much, they, they try to be like them too much. And to me, it takes away the originality because they sound so copycatish, right? It, it takes away the authenticity, the genuineness of the feel and the texture of their music because I feel like they're trying to sound like somebody, right? And and they were different. When Mama told me Strays with Rabies, they were different. When Robots came out, they were different. When Rags came out, they were different. But when Maryland, 
they they showed some poppy, some commercial. They didn't show that they was really hungry. They didn't really show that thirst. You know, they they didn't show that they really wanted it. Ghetto Gods, I believe Ghetto Gods was good, but the rollout, uh, the expectancy, like everything that came with trying to put that album out, I believe it failed in so many ways and it was great music. But why is the ball being dropped with these Dreamville artists? Why is the ball being dropped with Ari Lennox on the tour with Warad Wave? Why is the ball being dropped? Where is Loot? I haven't heard from Loot either. Why is the ball being dropped? Boss, he had an album with four songs featuring J. Cole and we never really talked about either. Where is the ball being dropped by Dreamville and J. Cole? You're the baller. You're the hooper. You went to Africa. You was trying to play for the Detroit Pistons. You love basketball, but the ball is being dropped and is not being dribbled. So who is it? Is it Ibrahim or is it you? Because somebody needs to be fired. Somebody needs to be held accountable and somebody needs to be held responsible for these artists. Because goddamn, I'm tired of hearing some of my favorite artists, some of these alternative rappers with different sounds, different vibration, authenticity, originality, creativity, the risk taking, everything I love about the hip-hop music everybody everything that i love the colorfulness the 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 variety everything i love about the substance the way they talk the 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 black excellence the the building up brothers and sisters the the love you know the consciousness everything i love about earth gang and some of these dreamville artists it's not being showcased like it should be. And it disappoints me. It upsets me. It hurts me. And I need to heal from a broken heart. Black light expose your flaws. Nothing wrong to me. Black light expose your flaws. Nothing wrong to me. I did like that song. I did like that song. And I did like Robot Phobia. I did like Robophobia, however you say it. I like Robophobia that Earth Gang did, right? It was like that, kind of like a disco tempo, kind of like that dance, that EDM type of tempo, those drums to it. They had a several tracks that was kind of like that. They had a feel-good track with Snoop in there. So I feel like it was a good album or a good EP. I think they're trying to get back to what they did with Rags, Robots, and Riches. I feel like that's what they're trying to do uh, now, as they uh, navigate without Interscope, still on Dreamville, still independent with, since the 80s. So I'm curious to see what comes of that. I'm curious to see what type of creative control they'll be able to take now that they're not with the big record label and what direction they want to veer in. So although I did say what I said about Dreamville, I do love J. Cole, right? I love what he does, I love what he stands for, I love the man that he is, the father that he is, the husband that he is, he keeps everything private, and you know he's taking care of the family, he's not trying to showcase himself as something that he's not, and like, how can you not love that about J. Cole, and the same thing about Earth Gang, like, they're, 
their grassroots, their their organic, you know, their earthy vibe and feel. How can you not love that, that peace, that calm, that meditation that they give you on these tracks? How can you not love that type of frequency, those vibrations? How could you not relate if you're someone like me that operates on that plane, that operates in that level? How can you not like that? And I'm sorry to be hard on them, but this is articulating and it's just how I, I feel what's going on behind the scenes with them. And then we got French Montana, Mac and Cheese 5, the feature artist himself, because, you know, I never liked French as a solo artist. And I mean, this album really just pretty much proves my point. I never liked French as a solo artist because he can get boring. He can get monotone. He can get redundant. Like his ad-libs, he could get corny to me. You know what I'm saying? And I think he is good at what he does. I believe like whatever lane he, he has in this hip-hop game, he's excelled in that lane, in that feature lane. I believe it's Travis Scott. I believe it's Ty Dolla Sign. I believe French Montana is in that lane as well. And uh, it's a couple other artists uh, like Blast. You know, I, I believe Blast is great as a feature, but as a solo, I believe his songs and his rhythms and rhymes and all those things can become redundant if we hear him by himself. So I believe French Montana is one of those guys. And to be honest, that's a great living. That's a great career for a rapper. Uh, and Mac and Cheese just showed it because he had nothing but features on there. Right, and from some of my favorite artists, from Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, Lil Dirk, J.I.D., Dreamville's Own, uh, and I like that Jeremiah Ladies track he did. So I like what he did. Like it was a very cohesive album. It really sounded good. Like his rhyme scheme, his rhyme patterns, or his punchlines. I would say, like it started to become redundant. Right. It'll be like scissor hands like Ed would. That's what he rapped like. He he just describes something and says it's like whatever he described. He said, no, you clap like Soldier Slim. Like, I don't like his punchlines. I don't like his uh, metaphors. I feel like they start to sound the same. Uh, but he tried. I feel like he was trying to be lyrical. But it was like laziness with his lyricism when just saying like some, some, like so-and-so, like this, like, no, nah, like say something more than like, you know what I'm saying? Or comparing a, a object to a thing that was said or a thing that is known or a person, right? So uh, Mac and Cheese was cool. Mac and Cheese was cool. I think the beats, right? The production was great. And the sound, the whole sound of it just sounded good to me, right? So I believe he executed in the production. I believe he executed with the features. Although he is a featured artist, I believe he knows that. And the good, the great thing about knowing yourself is knowing that I need to have features on my albums to make them great or to make them at least good and make them to be easily digestible with me rapping as well. Right. So I believe he he had a good formula. He had a good strategy. I like the samples. Uh, 
I, I can see a lot of people are going to the samples, a lot of those cash money samples. I see a lot of people are sampling songs nowadays. I like it. It could be expensive, but I do like it, especially when you're paying homage to that early 2000, late 90 era. That's the era I grew up in. And, you know, they used to sample the 70s. They used to sample things from the 80s. And now we're sampling those late 90s, early 2000s. So as we grow, as the music grows, we, you know, we kind of recycle some of those sounds and some of those instrumentals and beats. And I believe French Montana, he had the perfect formula. So I do believe he did great. I do believe this was a good album, right? Will I go back to it? Does it have that re real replay value? I don't know because I'm not really a French fan like that. But I do believe this was well put together. So if you're not a fan of French Montana... I believe this is a good album to go check out, to go listen to, because I'm sure one of your favorite artists is going to be on there. And I like what he did with Kanye West, too. The two tracks he had with Kanye, they was good, too. I like that sample with Buju Bantan, right? So, I mean, that was great. Like, he did some great things within this album. So, this, to me, kind of was a French Montana, it surprised me. It caught me by surprise. I didn't think it was going to be this good. So this album actually exceeded my expectations. Uh, but, you know, I still kind of view French the way I view him. But I feel like the way he used himself and utilized what he does best was, was smart, was intelligent. And that's what made this album cohesive. And that's what made this album work. So French Montana, Mac and Cheese 5. And then let's go to La Russell and Hit Boy, right? California Zone. God damn, this was like the best music that I listened to this whole week, right? I trained a lady out in Cali. Well, she's from Cali. I trained a lady that's from Cali, and my friend Corey, Corey Moore. He was he always sends me stuff from La Russell and. You know, he caught my attention a little bit. He's been on my radar because of those two people. Uh, but it was one video that I saw like a couple weeks ago of Lil Russell and Hit Boy. And it was the song Another One. And it was that verse. And I was like, damn, this is a turnt verse. Like, Lil Russell different. And so whenever I listen to that album, like, that, this is the top three album of this year. Right, originality, creativity, La Russell's, he's he's new, fairly new, he's fresh, he's independent, he talks his shit, he's smart, he's intelligent about how he moves, he handles business, and he knows exactly what he wants to do. He's not he doesn't care about being the biggest star, but he cares about being profitable and music. And just like Nipsey taught knowledge, I feel like La Russell, he's been out there teaching a lot of independent artists, you know, to put money back into themselves, to, to advertise their videos, to use those marketing dollars on Instagram, on Facebook or whatever you need to like to be able to push yourselves out. And that's the type of message that I want to give to new artists and artists that's coming up. You got to promote yourself you got to be your biggest marketer you got to be your biggest advertisement tool and if you got money to do that then you need to do that because that's how you get into other people's faces that's how other people hear your music it's going to be hard for other people to hear your music if you don't have that big machine behind you it's going to be hard to hear other people to hear your music if you in dallas 
if you're trying to get them to notice you in Cali, if you're trying to get them to notice you in New York, unless you already got a name on social media, unless you're already known for doing, you know what I'm saying, some viral, some funny, some uh, wild, outrageous type of stuff, or you just got a certain look about yourself, or just like the women, they, they real fine, and they just start rapping, and it, it goes from there. Like, yes, so it'll be hard to really get people to know your music, and I feel like Lil Russell... He's had that formula, but I, I I also feel like Hit Boy is underrated as a producer. He's a Grammy-winning producer. He did six albums with Nas, Magic 1, 2, 3, right? Uh, King's Disease 1, 2, 3. Pretty much four of them was nominated for a Grammy. One of them won. So Hit Boy is that guy, right? Don't get it twisted. Hit Boy is like one of the best producers. I feel like Alchemist... Hit Boy, Metro Boomin, like those are the two top, two of the top three producers in the game, and really they can't be touched. I feel like Hit Boy needs that recognition because I really wasn't listening to La Russell like that. But when Hit Boy put his sauce, when Hit Boy put his flavor on the words and the passions and the instinct uh, to rapping that La Russell has. Then they made a great marriage. They had great chemistry. They had a great cohesiveness to them that a lot of producers and artists don't got. But he did it with Nas. He did it with Big Sean. He's done it with Benny the Butcher, Burden of Proof. Hit Boy is underrated and he deserves the credit. Because I know what he's going to do for La Russell. I know what this album is going to do for La Russell. I heard it. I listened to it. It sounded great. It sounded cohesive. It sounded like that Cali flavor. It sounded like new, like a breath of fresh air. It sounded like something that you need to hear, that you need to put in your car and cut the music up, that you need to listen to when you jamming on in the gym and kind of get in your zone and get in your feel that King Kong. Oh my God, I had to add it to my playlist because when I'm kickboxing, when I'm doing my Muay Thai, I want to listen to it so it can give me the energy to overcome. So, La Russell, Hit Boy, and I believe Big Hit was credited, and Big Hit is Hit Boy's dad. Uh, I believe he was credited on this album. I'm not sure if he had that verse on uh, another one or that was Hit Boy, but I believe that was Hit Boy. And then Malachi also, a young in Malachi. And those, Malachi... He, he got my attention too as well. Kind of reminded me of Baby King. So, La Russell, if he wasn't on your radar already, he needs to be on your radar. He needs to be heard. Uh, and what he's saying needs to be learned, needs to be uh, consumed, absorbed, and used because the artists are telling you how to get on. The artists are telling you how to build your brand, how to build your following, how to build your music, how to build your buzz, how to get those streams. All you got to do is listen and then apply it. So shout out to LaRussell. Shout out to Hit Boy. He the biggest in the game. I would like to hear like a Hit Boy Rick Ross, a Hit Boy Lil Wayne. I would like Hit Boy to venture out with other artists and do that more. Because what he did for Nas, what he's done for Benny the Butcher, Butcher what he's done for Big Sean, uh, and pretty and what he's done for La Russell, I feel like he can do that for and Nas, he can do that for some of those other legacy acts and those other upcoming artists. So, man, y'all, you gotta give Hit Boy his credit. You gotta hear. And I just saw Cam Newton getting into a fight on 
<laughs> Facebook, on, on X, formerly known as Twitter. And he was manhandling them. He was swinging these dudes. And it was like three dudes that came after him. And he didn't fall down. He stayed on his feet. He stayed firm. And, don't, and it didn't look like he was really trying to hurt them. He was just trying to get them away from him long enough for the security to grab the guys and get them off of him. So the way that Cam Newton handled himself, he handled himself like a G. Right? He handled himself very stand-up, like solid. And I've been getting on Cam about the Brock Purdy stuff. But I've always expressed my love for Cam as a quarterback, as a person, as a confident man, as a father to his children, and just as a figure to the kids that play quarterback, that are black, uh, and that are looking for someone to encourage and inspire them as well. So uh, I believe Cam is all those things. You know, people call him a clown for what he said. People call him a clown or a egotistical type of guy, cocky, arrogant because the way he moves. But that's really the flavor that I like. That's what makes me fall in love with how Cam Newton uh, presence is because I see that same type of presence within myself. I see that same cockiness, that same arrogance, that same ego, not in a way that it will destroy me in a way that's open minded, but in a way that. You gonna know, I know I'm that guy. You gonna know when I walk in there, you gonna know by how I move, by how I talk. I feel like I'm him. And that's what Cam Newton does. And he deserves the credit. I'm proud of Cam for defending himself. I recognize he stood on business. He stood 10 toes down. And he really probably could have hurt the guys if he was really trying to. And he, and he was careful about how he handled them, even in the midst of all that situation, because he knew he was around all those people. So I, I like the way Cam handled himself. I'd be a fool not to give him credit for that. I'd be a lie to not say that was admirable. I'd be a lie to not say, like, he protected himself and the brand at the same time. And I believe he, he protected his pocketbooks, because if he would have really tried to hurt them, they would have came after him uh, financially. So he was smart in all of those aspects, protecting himself, the person, protecting his business, the brand, and just protecting his finances, right, from being hit with a lawsuit because you know that's what people try to do. But I just feel like this is reciprocal energy. I feel like this is the, the behavior that's being recycled, and I hate that it's so negative. I hate that it was black men attacking him because a lot of white men have been defending Brock Purdy. If you really look at it, if it's not a 49er fan, it's a white male, it's a Caucasian, right? Because they know Cam is brash and they know Cam, the way he presents himself is not the typical all-American personality. So I believe Cam Newton is a clown. I believe he's saying all these things about Brock Purdy because he didn't do what he was supposed to accomplish. And that's not how I felt. I just felt like Cam was wrong. But this was wrong. Whatever was done to him was wrong. And he don't deserve that. Cam is... He's one of our greats. 
He's one of those guys nobody should put hands on. If anything, we should protect them. And I don't like that they didn't come to the protection of him quick enough. I don't like that they didn't recognize that it was a superstar there and he deserved to have the proper security and the perfect and the proper protocol in place, place to protect him from something like this. I believe they did wrong by not building a fence around him, by not getting these guys off him quicker. Who the hell was in Cam Newton's camp? Who the hell is in Cam Newton's security detail? Who the hell is with him that wasn't able to throw these guys off him? It seemed like it lasted for a couple minutes. Where are the bros at? Where are the people that be smoking them cigars and fellowship? Where are the people that always want the hats of Cam Newton? Where are the people that, that was protecting him when he said all these defamation type of things towards Brock Purdy? Where are the supporters at? Where are the real fam at? Cam didn't deserve this. He's always been a stand-up guy. He's not been perfect. He's not always said the right things. And I can admit when I don't say the right things. And he's not admitted when he didn't say the right things. Right? And, and that's the energy. Because you got pride. Because you're prideful. That's the energy, you know, that's going to be tested. So... Salute Cam. Love, peace, and blessings, King. So, let's agree to disagree. And I got love for Cam. I love what he's done, what he's doing. And I know it's all entertainment. And, you know, we can agree to disagree. And I still disagree with his take on Brock Purdy, right? But it is what it is. Right? We need to protect him. We need to make sure he's okay. We need to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. Because he's one of the greats. He's a legend. He has a he has an imprint on this game, on this industry that we need from a guy. We need somebody that are building confidence in the youth. We need somebody that are showing them by example. You know what I'm saying? He got the baby mamas. He he got the kids, but he take care of all of these things, and I hate to say that anyways, but just just trying to paint the picture. This guy is a stand-up guy all around, right? So, salute to Cam. Uh, check out those albums that came out. I don't really want to talk too much more about gossip, right? Because now I've been talking about the energy. Now I've been talking about how I come back around. And so, I'm going to try to keep it as close to, you know, the analysis, as the opinions as I can. Uh, and I'm going to try not to veer off into that clout chasey realm. I'm going to try not to veer off into that realm of just like saying things because I know it's going to get a reaction, right? So, one love, you know what I'm saying? Love, peace, and blessings. This is William Jewel, L, L, and I ain't taking no L's because this is articulating. This is articulating rap, 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 rap.